Welcome to Lame Stream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. If you like the show, please rate, review, subscribe. Smash that subscribe button, folks. We'd really appreciate it. And hey, if you like us, just tell somebody. That's the best thing you can do. Smash and share. That's what you can do. Smash and share. All right. Coming up on the show today, Robbie Boren, the head of PR for the Tennessee Titans. He has an interesting job this week or Thursday night through Saturday, whenever you're listening to this. And obviously, uh, a lot of onboarding, a lot of things that they've got to turn around really quickly. And we'll get a, a lot of insight into how that process goes down for the Tennessee Titans. But first, Lamestream Sports is brought to you by Jaspers. Jaspers. It's a sports bar. And if you're someone who likes food and sports, go to Jaspers. Hey, you know what there's going to be this week? Hours and hours of sports programming around the NFL. You know what you might want to do when you're when you're watching that? Eat. Are you a person that likes food? Then go to Jasper's. You know what else I like to do? I like to park for free. Oh, yes. There's nothing oh. I love more than parking for free. When I pull free in that lot at Jasper's and I see all of that free parking, I think to myself, my God. What a great innovation. <laughs> Come to Jasper's where you're satisfied right when you step out of your car. <laughs> All right. Uh, obviously, uh, go to Jasper's. Great place to watch the game. All the NFL draft coverage this weekend, depending on when you're, when you're listening to this. Of course, a huge Preds game against the Stars on Saturday night. So make sure you go check that out if you're listening to this before that game happens on Saturday evening. So all kinds of great stuff uh, at Jasper's. Great happy hour. All that good stuff. We love Jasper's. Go to Jasper's. Have we mentioned Jasper's? The free parking as well. Uh, all the other shows on the 440 Sports Network, of course. Gold Standard Podcast with myself and Adam Vingan. Make sure you check that one out every single Wednesday. Club and Country with Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan on Tuesdays. Those, those guys are doing a fantastic job. It, that show is like less than a month old and already getting great response. So go listen to that show. Those guys are doing an amazing job on that one. Of course, Fringe Element, the SEC podcast with myself and Aaron Dugan talking all about college football playoff expansion. Shh. And don't, and don't forget, everybody. every day here on the 440 Sports Network, the 440 Daily, Nashville's original independent daily short-form sports podcast. One of my favorite listens in the market. All right. Let's get to the show. Robbie Boren, handling Titans PR, and you can call him an SID if you want to. You can call him head of PR. You can call him a lot of different things, but he's one of the guys who finds out the picks first during the NFL draft and then has the responsibility for turning that all around in a matter of like minutes, hours, days during the NFL draft process. Also has a ton of other stuff he has to do as it pertains to interacting between the fans and the media and the players and the media and all that good stuff. So wanted to sort of bring an inside the, the franchise look at what's going to take place this week with the NFL draft. If you, if you charted out Robbie's year uh, and kind of the activity that he has, it, it goes into a little bit of a lull there in, uh, uh, in the, you know, right in the off season there in like late January, early February. And then, Right up as it approaches draft, it peaks on up. And these next few days are he and his staff going kind of all out to introduce whoever the new Titans are going to be to the market, uh, to try to connect them with media, to try to tell their stories. It's a really interesting sort of sort of moment. And then things will die back down here. And then next thing you know, we're in training camps and, and, and off off on the new season. 
And, and obviously, this show is out on Friday morning at 5 a.m. We recorded this prior to the first round of the NFL draft, so we don't talk about any particular players in specific. But we did want to give fans an opportunity to see what sort of happens behind the scenes uh, as the Tennessee Titans bring on six, seven, eight new players in the cr- process of an NFL draft. Also, how to go through an entire season uh, during the Zoom world, during the digital world, what things might stay in place uh, later on as, the, as, we, as we move forward in the NFL uh, as well as sort of just community relations with an ownership group that has done an outstanding job, in my opinion, Amy Adams Strunk and Company, sort of rebuilding the the brand with the Titans in the community of Nashville. So a lot of great stuff. Without any more talk from us, of course, Steve, this was our conversation with the head of Titans PR, Robbie Bourne. Robbie, welcome to the show. We do appreciate your time. How are you, sir? I'm great. Uh, big fan of the show and glad to give the other perspective. I know you guys hear from so many media members. Uh, it's nice to be uh, included on the other side. <laughs> so, all right, then let's start right there. How would you describe your job and your job description with the Tennessee Titans? So I usually describe it as sort of the go-between between the media and our organization. So you want to talk to the coach or to a player or somebody in our organization, you you're going to go through our department to help facilitate that. When you, when you're working with the, when you're working with the media, it's been different this last 15 months. Yeah. I I talked, we talked to a lot of people about access issues and about kind of the ability to the, you know, there's not an open locker room anymore. There's, there's, there's the, you know, the post game this past year was radically different. Uh, how do you preserve access and the ability of of reporters to you know, just to do their jobs versus the you know the very real health concerns that that have, that have been that have been you know everybody's been dealing with? Yeah, so it, it's a great question and one that we wrestled with all through last year. And and I I would hope that the media members would agree with this that there was an open dialogue where we tried to find that sweet spot where we didn't feel like it was just um, one thing that they had to write about. I mean, we did over, I think I went back and counted it at some point at the end of the season, over 500 interviews over Zoom um, over the course of the season. And we had probably, you know, three or four people on a daily basis available um, throughout the season where you could kind of pick and choose if you're a media member, maybe what what was interesting to you and maybe go with that. And then, you know, we had supplementary, supplementary discussions with some of the media members that they felt sort of pinned in to storylines. And I said, well, I don't want that. You know, if, if there's a one-on-one that you want to do that's not being told, uh, I'm, I'm open to that and we can tell those stories. So I tried to have an open give and take. And even, you know, we, we wrestled with, you know, post game. If kicker has a bad game or someone has a play that is a negative play that ends the game, you know, how do we go about that? I mean, they would normally be available in the locker room. Um, you know, how do we get those quotes out there? Because that's a part of the story that needs to be told. And and we landed on a, a system. Well, sometimes we made them available. Goskowski was available after the first game. You know, he'd missed four kicks. He eventually had the game winner. But, you know, it was not his best effort by any means. Um, and he was made available. And it was, you know, they were open to ask questions. But we also... Um, had individual videos and quotes from guys that maybe they weren't on the interview session, um, but we had quotes available um, of those negative moments as well to fully tell the story, or at least that was what we were trying to accomplish. 
So we will get to a lot of NFL draft stuff today with you and, and the onboarding process for new members of the organization and just sort of this phase of the offseason. But I am curious, you know, open locker room, I, you know, media certainly loves the opportunity to sort of build relationships with players and, and kind of be on their level so that people realize both sides realize that these are just all humans kind of dealing with trying to do their jobs. And I'm curious because I think in, in the real world outside of sports, some people love virtual Zoom work from home thing, and some people hate it. And because we are all very different, I'm curious. I, I'm, yeah, I'm assuming you don't have a 53 man poll re- ready to go here, but how do players view that interaction? Are they the the locker room is certainly a, a an inner sanctum for them and a private place, but it's also more space for them to to kind of be more accurate with their story. Are most players happier with Zoom? Are most players prefer it to be in person how do how do players feel about that interaction yeah i mean there's not a uh you could probably pull all 53 guys and get a different answer i think probably the majority of them uh like the idea of not having media in what they would consider their locker room um and so um but there are certainly guys that that love that interaction and and you know Taylor Lewan would probably be available every day um if 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 that was a possibility um Logan Ryan, when he was here, was never one to shy away from the media and was available, you know, almost daily. So, um, so I don't think it would be the same for everybody, but I think generally it would, they didn't mind that the media wasn't in there. <laughs> let, me, let me ask, let me ask one last Zoom question here before we, before we get to the draft, um, because at, We've we've talked a lot about how teams have become publishers over the last you know over the last ten to fifteen years, and really you know, you guys you guys have a have a big content operation. Um, Five hundred plus Zoom calls uh, is a lot of content that you wouldn't have necessarily had before. How much are you recording all those, and how much are you trying to uh, you trying to cut those down and get them out to uh, get them out to folks versus Versus something maybe not a, maybe not in a one on one situation, right. but but it's certainly in like a, a group or a, a, a scrum kind of situation. You know, it's really interesting. You know, so we do we provide them live, um, which is probably how they are consumed um, for the most part is in a live setting. Um, you know, they probably I, I don't know that we used a bunch of them on social. Um, I think the the quotes were probably consumed through social, um, what guys said, but maybe not the video content of it. So I think it probably lived as, um, as a live feature, mostly, um, uh, more so than archiving it and pushing it out for later. Um, if, if this is, if this was all over tomorrow, everybody's vaccinated, we went back to, you know, two seasons ago. Uh, do you think that you would, that you would continue to have a kind of a live feature? Do you think that that's something that people want? Yeah, I mean, even when we weren't in this Zoom setting, we we would do our press conferences like with the head coach and quarterback and running back would be live um, on Facebook and Twitter and those those formats. It does bring up an interesting point. Um, I thought where you were going with it is you think there will be a space for Zoom once we get back to reality of, you know, is a Monday press conference over Zoom from convenience standpoint of people not having to drive to the facility spend 30 minutes at a press conference and then leave is it more convenient to do that over zoom um and we've discussed that internally um as well 
You know, what's interesting, you mentioned Lawan, obviously. We can't do a, an interview with a Titans PR person without talking about Taylor Lawan, of course. But it's not just him. Darren Bates has got a, a, a podcast. We've got, you know, Brett Kern has interests. Kevin Byard, Logan Ryan, when he was here, was doing all kinds of radio. P- guys want to do stuff outside of sort of the framework of traditional kind of team media interaction. How does that process work? Is that just an individual talking with John Robinson and Mike Vrabel to make in a closed door setting, just to make that decision? Like, Hey, here's what we think's okay. Again, is that, is that just sort of how that goes down is they just have some communication about it and they set some guidelines. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm not sure how the busting with the boys actually came to fruition if they did run it by, you know, management or if it was done independently. Um, I mean, I'm sure there are some conversations from time to time of, Hey, uh, do you know where the line is? Um, can we talk about where the line is? You know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I don't think there's a, a huge amount of, um, you know, uh, interaction on that front. I, I think people will be surprised maybe to know that there isn't, I, you know, we're, we're not micromanaging it, I guess. That, that's, that's fascinating. Cause you mentioned players being available after a bad play, for example, you know, I remember Anthony Ferkser dropping a pass at the goal line against the Texans that was returned, you know, I think by Zach Cunningham to the end zone. And like, he sat there unattended in the locker room after the game and answered every question like an adult, like a big boy. And it sounds like this sort of process is the same way. Like players are free to be who they are. We have to trust them to be adults because they are <laughs> and very well compensated. And, you know, maybe sometime we might have to jerk the leash a little bit or have a conversation, but basically you guys need to make the decisions on where the lines are for yourselves. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, and, you know, they are um, their own people. They certainly are representing us, but they are their um, own brands uh, as well. So you to that to that end, do you have somebody assigned to be monitoring kind of like everyone's brand, like everyone's Instagram account, everyone's Twitter, everyone's, you know, the, the folks that have podcasts or they're on YouTube? Uh, uh, um maybe not formally, but I mean, we all do. I mean, and certainly if something is said or tweeted, I mean, we're going to know it instantly just because of how that's how things work. You know, if there's anything controversial, it's going to come across our timelines. Um, so do you, ever get a, do you ever get a heads up that, uh, well, oh, we, 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 we might've no. gotten a little rowdy in, uh, in this episode here, uh, Robbie, um, a little heartburn coming your way. I don't think so. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, if maybe the Vrabel episode, if I got a heads up or anything, and I don't think I did, but maybe they didn't think they needed to because they were interviewing the head coach, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He, I think he'll, he's, he's on your side. Yeah. yeah. He'll, keep, he'll keep him in line. We all have, all of our phones are set to be notified when AJ Brown goes live though. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> so we, yeah, I'll say this for him. He is, I, I was making this comment to somebody the other day. He is so authentic and interesting on Twitter um, you know, the interaction with Warren Moon this week with the number changes, I thought was so spot on, um, just that he had thought about maybe wanting to go to one. And then he did some research on Warren Moon. It was like, no, I'm not worthy. And, and said that on Twitter, you know, it was just really great interaction. Well, it's, and I'm fascinated by this too, because I, you've been doing this a while and I'm a big believer in the college football world that we just need, if we just let players be themselves and showcase themselves not only will fans have a, a tighter connection and relationship with the players and the teams and the brands, but I think coaches can lean into that from a recruiting standpoint. I, I just think that there's, that, has it evolved and changed as a whole in the industry for the NFL where it used to be, let's try to keep everybody in line. Let's try to stay, you know, inside the color, inside the lines or whatever. And now it's more, 
Like the more Kevin Byard is out there, the more AJ Brown is out there, the better it is for the Titans brand. Most um, 99% of the time. So how has that evol- evolution happened over the last 15, 20 years? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, what do they say that the, the players now are native to these, these formats. Like they grew up with these formats, whereas, you know, most of us, they were new, it was new to us. And, and I think a lot of these, these guys have seen the pitfalls, you know, there've been so many examples of, of what line to cross or what not line not to cross that, that they've seen those things and understand where they can and can't go. Um, and so it's natural for them. Um, now I, I'm, I'm not saying they're not going to be mistakes, um, but I think they generally get what the format is and how to use it. All right. So let's talk draft here for a little while. Try to explain to people what your department's job is during the week of the draft, where you've got new players that are going to be instantaneously overnight, go from somewhere else in the country to becoming a Tennessee Titan. You know, this year you you could have eight or nine or 10 of them, who knows how many, what does that week traditionally look like for the the PR staff from a marketing and strategy standpoint heading into the NFL draft? Yeah, it's a lot of research, honestly, um, and and trying to figure out where things are going to go. Um, I've spent probably the last you know ten days trying to get up to speed on you know the class, you know, know everything that I can about them, going to YouTube and watching interviews of guys that I think might be, you know, guys that we interview. And, and so what we're trying to do is maximize that first impression. I mean, um, there's going to be a first impression for all these guys with our fans. And um, we want to maximize that and make sure that, you know, is there something that allows our fans to connect with them in some way, whether it's their backstory or whether it's their production as a player or some tidbit about them that um, helps connect them to our fans. Um, and I guess it's our job to, to try to find out those things and to maximize those things. When players are coming in, uh, what level of media awareness do they have? Uh, and how does this compare with five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago? I know, I know social probably has changed some of that, but, but where, where are they when they land in front of you? Yeah, I mean, if you're not talking about offensive or defensive linemen, um, you know, all of these guys have probably been the best players on their team. Um, And so they've had some level of media uh, interaction on a weekly basis. Um, And, you know, most cases, you know, they're four and five star kids also from high schools. And so they may even have high school um, media interaction with their local markets because they've been so high profile for so long. So I think generally most of them get it. You know, obviously there are different personality types and that's what I'm trying to figure out as I'm doing some research is, you know, are they comfortable? Um, you know, what kind of makes them tick in these interview situations um, and, and try to make it comfortable for them in these first, you know, initial interviews. So the, 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 the Titans are on the clock. They make a pick. What, what is your job as soon as that name is announced? Like, like you find out the name through your people at, at your organization. Right. Then the world kind of finds out, I'm assuming like literally seconds later, what, what is exactly, what, what is your, like, you got to get graphics ready. You got to like, what's your job at that moment? Yeah. It's to let a larger team know, you know, and they're all sort of standing by at keyboards you know, to, again, pull together graphics, photos, videos, to push out on social, um, gather content, um, and start pushing it out. Um, 
And then for me, it's to get that person's number from football. And um, after the hubbub sort of dies down and they get to celebrate with their family, you know, this momentous moment in their lives, um, <laughs> try to get their attention and um, say, hey, we want to introduce you to our local media and, you know, kind of go through some tips and pointers. Um, if maybe there's something I noticed, you know, that, um, that I can help them out, um, you know, whether it's bringing energy, if they're, you know, really monotone and in, in how they talk, you know, Hey, let's, let's bring a little energy or, or if they've got a great smile, flash that smile, you know, you'll, you'll win a lot of people that way. So again, it's nothing rocket science stuff, but, um, just kind of give them reminders and put them in a comfortable situation. And so then, yeah, we'll do either a, what used to be a conference call now is a Zoom call with our local media as a first sort of uh, interaction with our local media. What do you have access to in terms of uh, in terms of assets uh, when, for the for that first group of players? Um, do you have video that you that you have access to? I mean, some of that would have come out of the combine right. in, in the past, but there hasn't been a combine. Or can you do you have NCAA footage that you're allowed to use or that partners have, can give you? Yeah. So um, I, the the league like licenses with the various conferences to get that that footage, um, and so I think the teams are able to use it at that point. You know, one thing that's really valuable, um, or it has been in previous years, it doesn't exist this year, but, you know, teams uh, at one point were allowed to have what they call 30 visits. And so you were allowed to bring in 30 players that you wanted to spend the day with at your facility. And you could do, you know, you couldn't do football things on the field with them, but you could do classroom work and, and various, you know, they could meet with trainers and um, uh, weight room folks and, and, uh, coaches and it's kind of a, a longer get to know you kind of session and, and generally we would do on-camera interviews with uh, Mike Keith and Amy Wells as, as part of that round robin thing that they did uh, when they came to town and um, so it it's, serves two purposes you know we're able to to get that interview that we can then push out as soon as we um uh, select them as you know hey they came through town and this is what they had to say um, but then I actually go back and watch those and again just get a sense of their comfort level and and um, in doing those interview sessions so that we can help them uh, along the way you're, you're just watching tape you're just watching yeah exactly exactly <laughs> my own tape yeah so Mike and Amy are going to do 30 traditionally they would do 30 interviews knowing that 29 of them 100% are not going to be used well, not necessarily. I mean, you can, you know, I guess different teams use those different ways. You know, they might use them all on what might be a first round pick, but you may use them on. I got you. And you use them for different reasons. It may be, hey, this guy's got an injury. We want to, you know, get a better sense of how he's doing or um, but they may scatter be scattered throughout throughout the draft. Lame Stream is brought to you by Jaspers. Jaspers! I just thought I would say the name quickly before you started screaming it, just so people actually heard the word Jaspers first. I just wanted to. Well, do. you know, I, I was uh, I was slipping through my inbox yesterday. had a, had a great thing kind of pop up. It was check out the new menu items at Jaspers. I was very excited to see them switching seasons. Uh, saw saw three or four things on there that that looked just absolutely delicious. 
the are you kids, suggest, are you suggesting that the next evolution of the sports bar has evolved? The kids are going to be very happy about the <laughs> evolution of the next evolution of the sports bar. I think I know. I think I know what evolution that you're talking about. I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, so go check out the new menu at Jasper's. Happy hour is fantastic. Four to six p.m. every single day and during Predators games. Of course, uh, that that gives you like all kinds of really good stuff. Like, you know, you can get like a burger and a dog for like ten bucks. You can get draft beers for like four bucks. There's all they they have a deal basically at almost every single day of the week. They've got some. They're, they're, they're doing something fun and cool for you guys. And the menu's great. And it's a great place to watch the game. If you're watching NFL draft stuff, if you're watching the Preds, I guess if you're watching Major League Baseball. Eh, Do I people guess. go out to watch baseball? I don't know. I know. Is that a thing? College baseball series may be more, more popular in Nashville right now than Major League Baseball. I don't know. Might be. Might be. Uh, go to Jasper's. Of course, the parking is free. The game room is now available. You can rent that out. If you want a big party to go to Jasper's, you can do that. Uh, you've got the grab and go market. You got all kinds of cool stuff. And in that market, we are now, we have a, we have a really cool giveaway, Steve. For Mother's Day, all you have to do is send us a photo at 440 Sports on whatever platform you choose, whatever social media platform you choose. Send us a photo of your mom acting like a crazy sports fan. And that's all uh, you got to do. And we'll send her a gift basket full of lots of cool stuff from Jasper's. Several people have started tagging us with this. There's some great stuff of moms out there in in various gear. The, got a video the, of a mom like dancing and celebrating. It was great. Very much so. Um, the the gift basket is fantastic. I hope mom likes to drink because there's a few good things in there. And if not, well, you know, just take them out of the basket before you give them to her. Do you want to drink a cocktail out of a Dolly Parton for President mug while pampering yourself? That's that's what this is about. Jaspers. <laughs> so send us your photos send us a picture you have it on your phone probably right so just send us a photo of of your mom acting like a crazy sports fan in some good gear doing some cool stuff and uh you'll be entered into when we'll select that on the fringe element podcast coming up in two weeks and we will literally send your mom like 150 to 200 i'm not really sure exactly how much money it costs but it's it's a lot of cool stuff and uh we'll send it to your mom or wife for mother's day and that's that. You don't have to do anything else but send us a, a photo. You've got a picture of the basket up on the up on the 440 uh, Twitter feed. You should definitely uh, definitely check that out. There's all sorts of good uh, stuff for you for your for mom for Mother's Day. All right, and go check out the new menu and go watch games at Jasper's. It's great, and the parking is always 100% free. Everybody, everybody knows the first rounders, knows even maybe the first, second, third rounders. But uh, I mean, a lot of times it's going to be that seventh, sixth or seventh rounder that has an impact or that undrafted person. From your perspective, how do you get those people on your radar? And how do you, how do you, you get down into that? Or is that just a, well, they're at the facility and a now I'm scrambling kind of thing. Yeah, we're rolling with the punches at that point. I'm, I'm, you know, grabbing draft guides, trying to at least get some sense of who the guy is um, at that point. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking with, um, you know, John Robinson um, when he has time too. of, Hey, who is this guy? You know, what's his role? What, you know, what do I need to know about him um, before I put him on a phone call? Um, Just, you know, to eliminate maybe a blind spot that I might have. So go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so if you watch ESPN, Reese Davis during the college football playoff rankings, always jokes. He says the graphic design guy is the guy's the most powerful man in college football because he already knows what's in, who's in the playoff and nobody on the set has any idea. 
where where are you in the pecking? Like, does John Robinson send the card to Roger Goodell and then immediately contacts you? Is it like, are you, are you the second person to find out and you've got to keep it quiet for a minute or two? Like, how does that actually physically take place? Um, I, I generally, and I don't know what it would be exactly this year, but I've been lucky enough in previous years to sort of just be outside the door of the, the draft room. And, and honestly, I'm in that position just in case there's a trade or something strange happens, I'm available and, and will know that there's activity going on. Um, and so I can give people a heads up of, hey, uh, be aware there could be a trade coming, you know, internally. Um, and so that people can kind of be in position, um, for those kinds of things. So, yeah, I, I find out, um, you know, when they're ready to turn it in, um, I'm, I'm generally, uh, able to know that name and, and sort of spread it internally. So there may be a few second delay, um, before the, the world knows that. Let's back up a couple of years to when the draft was here in town. Did that make life easier or harder for you with, with all of the, <laughs> the hoopla surrounding it? I mean, it was awesome. Um, just for our city and for our franchise. Um, it was unbelievable. Uh, I, I guess I had an idea of what it was going to be going in and thinking that, you know, this is really a league kind of thing. And, yeah, they may look for some help here and there, but um, I mean, we really were entrenched with them and, and you know, all the, the things that went on leading up to the draft, you know, community events and, and you know, the commissioner doing different things and our owner doing different things. We were doing those in lockstep with the, uh, with the league and, and were involved in all those things. So it was really fun to see all those activities and just the build up to the draft. Um, now, once the draft happened, um, I'll say this, my wife got to enjoy it a lot more than I did. I mean, I'm, I'm at the facility and doing what we do and she's, you know, having a ball down at the draft and going to the concerts. And, uh, I was able to sort of tear away, you know, once the draft ended to get there for that final concert and just experience it like a fan. And it was truly amazing to look down Broadway and just see the throngs of people. Along the lines of, of sort of what Steve was asking later in the draft with players you don't know as much and and what you just talked about, is is Thursday night actually an easier night for you in generally? Are you up later on – are you later at the facility on Friday night? Is sat, like Saturday's obviously earlier in the day, but like what 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 does your day actually look like? Like are you – which night is the longest and, and when are what, – what does that whole layout look like for you? Yeah, Friday is probably the longest because – you know, it, it's, um, you know, it's two rounds. So you've got two players and then usually an end of the day sort of wrap press conference with head coach and GM, which is, is late. And, and, and a lot of times we bring in the first round pick on Friday as well to do sort of media round Robin things. And so there's a lot going on with that and getting him into town and out of town, um, you know, as efficiently as possible. So Friday generally is the busiest day um, just because there's a lot of balls in the air. Uh, and then Saturday is just, you know, sort of let's go, you know, it's, it's, it's picks coming fast and furious and, and trying to knock out those press conferences. And, um, and then you've got the, um, if anyone wants to do a, a great documentary, they should do something on the, um, undrafted process. Um, I've never been to wall street, um, and seen what that looks like, but that's what I envision wall street looking <laughs> like, because you've got all these scouts on a phone 
you know, they've, they've sort of prioritized different guys and different position groups, and they're trying to get them on board, you know, literally as the draft is over. And, uh, you know, one guy falls out, you know, he's not available, he's going to the Ravens. And so you've got to, they've got to, you know, um, uh, react and find a different guy that they want. I mean, it's, it's a wild and woolly process. Is Mike, is Mike Vrabel like, and I guess I should say John Robinson, is, are those guys like, are they crazier in that moment than they are sort of like the build up a pick or two before the first round draft pick even? Like, is it just more wild? I'm always amazed at the calmness because I've, I've been lucky enough to be in that room and kind of watch the process. And, you know, the scouts are just scattered and all they're all on cell phones calling, you know, agents and, and players trying to get them to come on board. And, and the GM is just sitting there in the middle of the room, just sort of, okay, <laughs> what do you got? What do you got? You know, let's, okay, we've closed him. We've closed him. Let's go get this guy. You know, it's, it's amazing um, how it works. You've got a you've got an off season coming up with nobody at the facility. The Titans are gonna the, the Titans announced what yesterday or the day well lag it I guess it would be last week that they're not uh, they're that they're gonna follow kind of what the players are gonna do in terms of no OTAs. Does that what does that change for you this off season? I mean, yeah, I mean you know honestly the off season is a it's an important time for us to have access to the players. It's it's a lower uh, stress level time of year where, you know, we can get to know the guys on a different level. Um, and, and, and they have more downtime where they're not going, you know, straight from meetings to practice to, you know, um, various events. And so, um, it's a time for us to get to know the players a little better and also to knock out some content that we can sort of squirrel away for the season. So, you know, not having them around, uh, if that's ultimately, you know, what it looks like it's going to be, um, just kind of cuts into that. So yeah, it'll, I guess, resemble last off season to a large degree. So Amy Adams Strunk has been, I, I think has been one of the smoothest owners in the league over the last five years, full of a lot of stuff that the league has dealt with on, on a PR level, right? Whether it was Kaepernick, whether it was uh, black lives matter last summer, um, whether it was even the guilty verdict last week. And I think Amy Adams Strunk has struck the right chord almost every single time she has done it. So I'm curious what that process looks like, because we've certainly seen what it shouldn't look like in the NFL. And I'm curious, you know, how, who's in that room? Because it's her voice, her her brand, her team and her words. But at the same time, she's representing a large group of people. You got a social media team that needs to be involved. Your, yourself and your PR team needs to be involved. How does that process work when you guys decide, all right, here's something we need to execute outwardly to our fan base and express a message. Who's all involved in that? And how does that kind of work for people that don't know? I mean, first of all, she has great instincts. Um, so that's a great place to start. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, she's gathering input from, you know, team president, you know, um, football side, non-football side, um, PR. Um, she wants to, I, th I think we kind of gather that information and then present some things to her and then, you know, kind of see where it goes from there. But, um, but yeah, she has great instincts and, and um, I appreciate you saying that. What do you think after a year of COVID, you're, you're gonna, you guys are going to end up doing differently this this time of uh, you know this time in September, when maybe some more fans are going to be coming back. You might have a little more media in the house. What's what what can we expect 
in the fall? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I think we've learned through this process not to assume anything um, and to be able to change and, and uh, adapt. Um, but I think we're all hopeful, um, much like I think the country is hopeful that we're back a little bit closer to normal, whether that's full stadiums or media around our team more, or, um, you know, honestly, I, I was able to be in the building during the season, but I really didn't want to abuse that privilege and be in the, in the locker room much. And, you know, God forbid I got it and exposed a player to it. You know, so I, I really tried to keep my distance from all the important people uh, in our football side where I could. Um, and so that natural interaction that normally would happen um, didn't. So I'm hoping that, you know, we get back to a little bit more normalcy and, and have that more personal interaction. Along those lines, uh, you know, a lot of companies are having the vaccination discussion right now. Uh, you guys interact with players, you guys interact with the public and with media and whoever else. If, have you guys had a discussion about, well, we all need to get vaccinated. We all need to be, you know, we, we have to. Yeah. As, so, as, yeah. So the, the league has, you know, um, I don't know how much you guys know about this, but last year during the COVID season had, you know, a book, you know, <laughs> hundreds of pages long and protocols for, for the, each of the teams and what they could and couldn't do. And they had different tiering system for, you know, who could and couldn't be around football people. And, and uh, those people were in tiers one and two. Um, uh, and so they've said this year in a memo, um, if they keep that same tiering system, that if you want to be in tier one and tier two, you're going to have to be vaccinated. And so, they're, you know, telling club personnel that if you want to be around the football people, you're going to need to be um, vaccinated. So, Let me ask you about Derrick Henry. I had a chance to meet him for the first time when he was a sophomore at Alabama. And I've sort of gotten to, to do some stuff through the media around him. We did a radio show a couple of times and he, he's a very sort of soft-spoken, quiet guy, kind of the opposite of his running style. Frankly, he enjoys kind of being a homebody and playing video games, he has sort of slowly and gradually kind of come out of his shell, I, I would say. And, and I, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a positive way. Um, how, has, how have you seen Derrick Henry's evolution outwardly to the media and, and sort of from a PR standpoint? Because I think he understands that this brand that he's starting to build for himself is going to be larger than life if he continues to do what he's doing. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, he is, I think, naturally a private guy and naturally, if given, you know, his druthers would prefer not to do media. Like he doesn't see that necessarily as something that um, motivates him. Um, but I mean, he has a great personality. His teammates love him. Um, his interaction in the locker room, if you saw him, you know, sort of kid in a candy store kind of thing, playful and, and a lot of fun. Um, you know, so it's, it's being able to let our fans see that. I don't know that we get to see that a whole lot. Um, there are times uh, that on the zoom calls last year that, that I would actually interject with some questions, um, to try to hit some buttons that I knew were, that could get him to kind of come to life, um, to some degree. Um, and I mean that in a good way. I don't mean that, um, mean that in a negative sense, but, um, cause I want, I want our media and our fans to see that side of him from time to time and know that he's not always super serious and always, you know, sort of monotone. 
Um, and, and those topics are, you know, talking about his teammates. Like he's one of those guys that doesn't necessarily want to talk about himself. He wants to talk about his teammates and, and what, you know, how they help them success, have, be successful. And he loves talking about Alabama um, and, you know, the success there. So those two kind of things and, and his, his um, uh, family. So um, those, those kind of things get him to light up. You've seen you've seen several guys that have made the leap from from being a player when their career's over. They've moved into they moved into broadcasting or some other form of media. I mean Hasselbeck, when you when he was here, you could see oh well, this is a guy who's probably going to have a career on TV afterwards. He was just that kind of guy. So anybody on the team right now that you're looking at that you're thinking, well, this person might have a have a chance or this is this is somebody who's who's really savvy and and the punter could make the link could make the leap (laughs) yeah i mean obviously you know taylor whatever he wants to kind of do um (laughs) in an entertainment space um he could you know i always thought logan ryan was a thoughtful guy um who could you know um take his pick on what he wanted to do whether that was podcasting or football related um I was always a big Jason McCourty fan when he was here and thought, you know, again, thoughtful guy who could do, um, do those types of things. Um, um, you know, it generally we have, um, uh, over time had guys come through the locker room like that. I mean, you know, uh, Eddie is one of my all time favorites and, you know, just the amount of things and the diversity of things that he's <laughs> attempted, you know, in his life after football is, is really, uh, really impressive. Well, I'll leave you with this. I just would be curious because I think Lawan, I mean, obviously having your own very successful podcast is clearly an entry fee, entry into the, the next phase. But I don't think Lawan's the guy you want teaching, like running the rookie symposium and teaching how to do like your job. So if, if somebody on the team, if you said, all right, you get to do my, you're doing my job now and all the PR responsibilities for the entire organization now fall on this one player. Who's the one guy you want teaching that class to the rest of the team? Um, Probably Tannehill. Um, You know, quarterback naturally has gone through that for a while. Um, And he obviously has had an interesting career track and has has had to go through through difficult times and had to speak on those things. And um, he always seems to hit the right tones when he talks and understands sort of that team concept. I mean, I'll say that, I mean, Vrabel does a great job, I think, of, you know, I don't know how often he hits it, but he must hit it, you know, fairly regularly in terms of the messaging that he wants, you know, the team to reflect. And, um, and I think the, the team does a good job of carrying that message out on a weekly basis. Robbie, thank you so much, man. Congratulations on an amazing NFL draft this year. <laughs> As we're <laughs> listening you. to this. As this comes out on Friday in the middle of the It was an awesome, awesome pick last night, Robbie. Great first round pick, guys. (laughs) Tremendous first round pick. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, uh, best of luck in the offseason. No problem. Special thanks to Robbie Bourne joining us this week on the show, giving us sort of an inside the building look at what takes place during an NFL draft and all other times during the NFL season. So very, very, very busy man this weekend. That is for sure. You know, that, that crew, uh, it, it's funny from the, from the moment a pick comes in, they've got just a few seconds there that they've got, surely they've got graphic templates and, and stuff ready to go. 
but to start pumping out all sorts of stuff that gets shared around on social media because they they want the impact of of these picks to get to to blast out uh and, and fans are fans are definitely hungry for this sort of thing i mean as we've seen here over the last few years things like the nfl draft are definitely a two-screen experience you're you're sitting there going through your twitter feed going through facebook going you know sharing stuff on instagram during the events like this uh I, i've been impressed with uh with with the stuff they've done and they're looks like they're locked and ready to go here for for the draft that is ongoing right now as we speak <laughs> yeah um in flying the first round pick in the next day and what's really fascinating is part of robbie's job is to get to know these guys before they're actually picked and that's just got to be not only through the interview process as he explained there with like mike keith and amy wells but also just doing his own research to sort of see a little bit more about what these guys could be um, bringing to the table, not just on the field, right? Like his job is to, is to sort of highlight who these guys are off the field as personalities and as characters that are now a part of the Titans fans movie and story that they're watching as, as fans of the team. So it's just an interesting job. And there's a lot of other, you know, he obviously had a lot of other interesting comments about how his job has, has changed and evolved over the course of the last two seasons, which, you know, like everybody's job has. Um, but a lot of good stuff there from Robbie and he's been doing it a while and appreciate his insight. So, uh, hope you guys all enjoyed that conversation. Good stuff there from Robbie Bourne. Very good stuff. All right, let's get to recommendations. Braden, what do you got for us this week? Uh, shameless, shameless promotion. If you get a chance, check out our live stream from Jasper's myself and the guys, Broadway sports media. We had instant reaction with the Titans first overall draft pick. So go check that out. I'm recording this before the pick has happened. So it was spectacular. It was an amazing pick. Make sure you go check it out. I'm sure all of our analysis was spot on and the Titans did a wonderful job. So go I couldn't it. believe that you called the trade that you did. <laughs> I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe it. It was, it was really, I mean, did you have insight into the Broncos locker room? I mean, what was the deal there? I know I couldn't believe it. And in fact, if the live stream was a total failure, I'm just going to edit this right out of the show. So we're going <laughs> to just going to take this part out. No, in all seriousness, the real recommendation is shameless and it is a partner of 440 sports. And that is Broadway sports media's coverage of the Tennessee Titans there. There's everybody wants to throw out draft expert stuff, but Broadway sports media has some of the best people in the business doing this stuff. Uh, obviously football and other F words is a great podcast with Mike Herndon, Zach Lyons, Mr. Lebowski, go check out all those guys, but also Justin Graver, Justin Mello on the music city audible. They do a great job. They talk to a lot of draft scouts and a lot of agents and they do a lot of film work. So make sure you're paying attention to those guys. They got all kinds of written stuff all over the website. John Glennon's a part of that as well. So just a, a, a very uh, thorough look at all the stuff, you know, whether it's day one, day two, day three prospects, they got you covered Broadway sports media, in, in podcast video and written form all across all mediums. So make sure you, you're, you're tuned in this weekend to uh, Broadway Sports Media. They will have all of your draft reaction that you will ever possibly need. So uh, shamelessly, go check out Broadway Sports Media, folks. All right. Awesome. All right. My recommendation this week is hope. I had a chance to just like a general sense of life, like just, just a like, general sense of, just, I was watching, uh, was watching the press conference with the head of the CDC and a few others as they were talking about kind of, lifting mask restrictions outside and kind of modifying mask uh, wearing indoors and kind of what the rules are going to be going forward. And it struck me in kind of in the middle of it, that as we're starting to get more and more people vaccinated, th there's not, th not quite enough yet, but not enough. And I'll get, get to that. Go get your but, vaccine, but, please. But there's a chance, there's a chance 
for people to be sitting in stadiums here in the fall with things looking semi-normal. Mm-hmm. I, I was just, I, I was, I was, I was very excited, I, and I'm, and I'm choosing to look at this ha- glass half full right now because I know there's, there's issues of vaccine hesitancy and people not wanting to, to get their vaccines, but, but what I'm hoping is that, is that we're gonna, we're gonna turn the corner on this and we're gonna get to the, the percentages that we need in order to beat back the virus. There was really good data in there too about kind of the effectiveness of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines against some of the variants particularly the UK and South African variants. And that said that, you know, these are some kind of nasty variants. And they'd said, look, you know, even if it doesn't prevent it hundred percent, it's certainly preventing hospitalization and it's, and it's knocking the, the legs out from under these variants. So if you get the, the way, the way vaccines work here in the U S it's how they've been working in Tennessee here for a little while. If you are over 16, you are now eligible to get a vaccine. There is supply out there for you right now. There's single shot Johnson and Johnson. There's the two shot Pfizer and Moderna ones. They're at public health facilities. Metro ha- Metro is organizing another drive-through clinic with the Johnson and Johnson. The kind of the one shot: stay in your car, pull up, park for 15 minutes, and then you're done. They can't make it any easier, and they can't make it they can't make it any cheaper than free. And folks, we are so damn yeah. close. We can see and, normal. And it's a good time to remind people also to, you know, trust reliable sources of information on this. Absolutely. Like, like we're not taking your meat away. Okay. <laughs> like, the vaccine is not going to make you a vegetarian. Okay. No. It's, that's not what's going to happen. Not making me a vegetarian. It's <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Neither me either. It will allow you to go to, I don't know, like I was doing today with my buddies, planning a bourbon trail and trip to a music festival in Kentucky in August. How about that kind of stuff? Exactly. That's the kind of stuff we get to plan. It's not as I was vegan. It's going to allow you to go to concerts and drink more whiskey. So go get a vaccine, people. And trust the, the, the reliable and credible sources of information, not your aunt on Facebook. As, as I'm I sure was she's sit- a lovely woman. I'm sure she's a lovely woman. Is she a lovely woman? Maybe. Perhaps. She's been saying some weird stuff. As I was sitting in the press box uh, last weekend at the at the Nashville SC game, there, there's still capacity restrictions on it. Obviously, and everybody was spaced out. It was fascinating in the second half when the Nashville SC scored their first goal to cut it to 2-1, and then we tied it up 2-2, and there's all this momentum. There was a real energy in the stadium, even with a reduced capacity. Imagine what that's going to be like as more and more people – you know, get their stuff taken care of and we can, we can return to normal and we can get back into like these kind of full stadia and the, the kind of the energy that comes from live sporting events. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm looking at this half glass full right now. We need to, we need to do our stuff, but we're getting there. Uh, Shout out to uh, the the back line there and all the other groups that support Nashville. They like, it came through on the television. Like you could hear hear the atmosphere with like three and a half thousand people or whatever the number was. Like it was, it was awesome. So, uh, and they're playing an exciting brand of soccer. So another short recommendation, watch your professional soccer team, Nashville. God, for the love of Christ, go watch them. They're fun to watch and they're going to, and they could be pretty good this year. All right. That is about all we have today on the show. Uh, special thanks to Robbie Bourne from Titans PR for giving us a few minutes of his time during a very, very busy week. Check out Broadway sports media and choose hope folks. Choose hope. That's all we're saying. Braden, where can people find you on the socials? You can find me at Braden Gall at 440 Sports on Facebook and Twitter at 440 Media on Instagram as well. 
Uh, just make sure you follow all of those socials. Tweet us photos of your mother in fantastic sports gear and Jaspers. We'll send them a beautiful Mother's Day gift basket coming up in two weeks. Uh, that will be announced on Fringe Element Podcast, the SEC show. So, you know, again, Jasper's just doing good stuff for the community and trying to help moms and wives all over. Like, they're, they're literally combating all of the epidemics. Men who can't buy good gifts for their moms, you know, bad bar food at sports bars, parking lots charging for parking. Like, they're solving all of these problems. Fantastic. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can find me on Twitter at Scavendish. My answer was a lot longer than yours. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been Lamestream Sports on the 440 Sports Network. Ha, ha, ha.